This is a recording of the session on the breakup of Yugoslavia at Ideas for Freedom 2019. You'll hear from one speaker, Sarah Correa, the academic and writer from the London School of Economics, who will speak about what the breakup of Yugoslavia can teach us about nationalism, Stalinism and intercommunal conflict. So welcome to this session about the breakup of Yugoslavia and our speaker Sarah who's going to speak for about half an hour, maybe a little bit longer so there's quite a lot of ground to cover but we'll still have plenty of time for questions and, and comments so just hand it over to you. Okay. okay, thank you for the invitation to come here. Uh, so uh, my name is Sarah Kukai. I um, I have a PhD in political science and I've been working on uh, on uh, research about former Yugoslavia for the past, I don't know, 12 years. Uh, my background is, uh, I come from Portugal, but because I'm very interested in problems of, of political use of memory, I became interested in the case of former Yugoslavia, and then my interest took a life of its own, and so I ended up doing a PhD about it, I ended up learning the language, uh, living there, etc. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, I was invited to come here because um, I, when I was doing, let's say, my BA, I, I was not particularly interested at the time to have the, the war in uh, Kosovo was, was happening. Of course, I was following the same way that we were following now the war in Syria, you know, what's going to happen in Iran, etc. But I was never too much drawn by it. Uh, and for some reason, actually, there was like, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to get too much engaged because I felt it was a very poisonous issue. Same with, with Israel and Palestine. Like, I was like, no, I'm just focusing on my studies and I don't want... And, and it was actually a good, a good thing to do because once I started to learn, you know, as a researcher, you know, doing my own research, my... My ideas, you know, I was ready to, to absorb ideas and to learn for myself rather than get this input that is very superficial that when you're like just following the news you get. And, and one of the things that was uh, completely puzzled me, uh, and this was, let's say, 2004, so nine years after the end of the Bosnian War, and few years after the, the end of the Kosovo war was the, the level of genocide in Ireland. I was uh, completely puzzled. I, 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 I already knew that there was like con controversies, but I was completely shocked by, you know, the, the denial of, of, of facts, the denial of reality. And, and especially I felt very troubled that I could see that, the, you know, quite a section of the left was very actively engaged on that denial. So, uh, I mean, we are here, so obviously not, not all the left uh, uh, engaged in that, but let's say that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that should burden the, the, the honor of, of, of much of, of the, left, uh, the left. So what, what I'm going to do here is, uh, I'm going to give you, uh, um, I'll try to, to just, you know, focus on the history and uh, go through a few themes. So, so when we're thinking about this integration of Yugoslavia, you know, when you have a significant change 
In politics, there are always a number of factors. So I'm going to be exploring, on the one hand, this you know changes in the international system that you were aware of with you know fall of Berlin Wall, all the changes that were happening in Eastern Europe, you know end of Soviet Union, etc. At the same time, creation of European Union. There were also the internal tensions. I will be speaking about it, and. Uh, in that particular moment of great uncertainty, you know, things took a particular dynamic that resulted in the war, but my point is that we should never see a war as something that was inevitable. And this was a big problem in the first years after, after all of this happened, that you had a lot of prejudice in terms of like powder cake of Europe. You know, there's a number of stereotypes that are always applied to that particular region about the Balkans in which it is seen as kind of backwards, as kind of like the troublemakers of Europe. While in fact, and now, I mean, the recent history of, let's say, the past years, 10 years, already kind of points to that uh, once again, is that, you know... Sorry, I'm It's okay. I, I have just started something. Particular, I mean, it's almost much more like a microcosmos of what Europe is than an exception to what Europe is. So... Before, before I get lost, I'm going to, to start with the very idea of Yugoslavia. So before we go to speak about the breakup of Yugoslavia, we need to actually say what, what was Yugoslavia. So the Yugoslavia that broke up in 91-92 was a federal state, you know, uh, 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 governed by, by the Communist Party. So it was a society organized as a socialist society and a society that uh, uh, was composed by a number of, of, of nations, a number of national groups. So they had seven different national groups, and they had also a number of minorities that also lived there. So very diverse, and within this diversity, there had been historical experience, very painful historical experience, but there was also you know, a great level of accommodation and an awareness of life in the everyday and in a way that the the, the society, the ethnic, ten, the ethnic tensions were not really an issue in the everyday life. And so, of course, the big puzzle is how come the society that was so organic in that sense collapses so easily and, you know, the resulting war. So the very idea of Yugoslavia is something that emerges in the 19th century, towards the end of the 19th century especially, and in the context of all, you know, all the changes that are happening, especially with you know, the rise of, of, of the idea of, of the nation-state, contestation within uh, uh, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, etc. Uh, also the, the, the Ottoman Empire that is being pushed out of Europe, so you have this, you know, this idea of the nation is extremely attractive at this point. You know, you have all the, the you know, the romantic movement, etc. And one of the first states that emerges in in this post, uh, uh, let's say, uh, after Napoleonic Wars, etc., is the state of Serbia. So it's a it's a gradual emergence. It's not like they. You know, they, they had a war of secession or something like that, and they immediately became a modern state. It was 
a construction that went on throughout most of the 19th century, but this was the, the first also Greece, but it's slightly, slightly different processes. And, and because it was the, the, the first, it became, it became a magnet for the very idea of nation, you know, the idea of, of fighting against the, 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 the Turkish, you know, oppression, you know, like all of this. At the same time, actually, the idea of Yugoslavia as an idea that goes beyond the nation uh, starts to be developed by actually Croatian intellectuals in the 19th century that are attracted by the model that, that Serbia presents. So it's a bit the same idea that you had in Italy, the idea that, uh, that Piemont was you know, the driver of Italian unification and the proponents of the idea of Yugoslavia saw Serbia as the Piemont of Yugoslavia. So like, you know, because there was already a structure in place, there was already a state in place, that state might lead to this idea that would actually transcend, transcend the particularities. So, so my point here is to, that you understand that the idea of nation as it is nowadays was not the same. You know, nationalists in the 19th century didn't think of the nation in the way that nationalists in the, in the end of the 20th century thought of it. So then we have, of course, all the power politics, once again, that area becoming a, a point of contention between the different empires. You have, you know, the age of imperialism raging, and, and it is in this context that all these ideas are, are taking shape. So you know, of course, about the First World War that started, that, you know, it starts by, by the murder and the assassination in Sarajevo of, of uh, Franz Ferdinand and his wife, and then Austria declaring war to Serbia, etc., etc. Uh, uh, so again, it's important to, to note that it's not like the First World War was inevitable, definitely not, but that there had, it had already been avoided a number of times. So like, it's in this context of, of much wider international tensions raging, that that you that you have you have the first world war there and what happens is at the beginning uh, uh, especially 1915 uh, <coughs> the, the, the Serbian army and the, the Serbian population actually it's 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 an absolute catastrophe I mean the, the first world war was absolutely catastrophic in terms of death toll in that region but. In the, end, in the end, Serbia emerges as the victor, as, you know, on the side of the Allies, but also on the ground, they actually managed to reorganize their army, and they managed to actually be on the ground, and once the, 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 the Austrian Empire collapses, their army is there, ready to, to, to take, you know, to take control. So this is, a, this is an important point, because as the Ottoman, I mean, as the Austrian Empire collapses, you have, you know, let's say, the elite, the intelligentsia, the the, the, the upper classes in, in 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 Croatia. For them, it's it's it becomes a big, a big, a big problem. What, because Croatia had, was part of the Austrian Empire, it had also somehow its own 
political identity even within the Austrian Empire. It was in a subordinate position to to Hungary, so it was quite complicated. But at the same time, again, because there's you know there's a big ethnic mix in the whole region, my, my, a big part of what is now Croatia was coveted by Italy. So they they was they were running the risk of you know territorial fragmentation, political fragmentation. So you have here a convergence of interests. Mm-hmm. You know, Serbia that comes, you know, victorious, almost like, you know, after almost complete annihilation, you have a Croatian elite that has also also this this this, this convergence of interests. And this convergence of interests would could result in, in a multi-ethnic state, a multinational state. But it would always depend on this, again, of this balance of power between, between effectively Croatia and Serbia, and this is throughout, throughout the existence of Yugoslavia. So, as I said, you know, initially the idea of Yugoslavia, the idea of a union of these Slavic peoples of the South, was very attractive, but very soon, because of the Serbia already having almost 100 years of, of, of state experience, etc. Very soon it becomes very equated, you know, with a larger Serbia. I don't want to use yet the expression greater Serbia because it means something very specific. But it becomes very clear that the, this state of Yugoslavia that emerges even before, even before the Versailles Treaty is being negotiated. So when when, when there is Versailles already, there is a Yugoslavia in place on the ground, unlike in the case of, let's say, Czechoslovakia, etc., that were, you know, made in, in, in Versailles, this was a reality that was already ongoing. So you have this, we call it the first Yugoslavia, initially it was called Kingdom of Serbs, Slovene, Serbs, Croats and Slovenes, so all the other, all the other ethnic groups that existed, were not even accounted for. And you have this idea of, of Yugoslavism that, that, you know, like a, is a nation being formed, but very soon, because of the dominance of the political elite, I would, the Serbian political elite, and I hear, I mean, from Serbia proper, from Belgrade proper, over the new political uh, regime is such that it will, it will, very much poisoned the, the relations, uh, 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 the political dynamics inside of, of Yugoslavia and eventually resulting in a dictatorship of, of the king of, of, uh, of Yugoslavia and an imposition of some kind of in, integral Yugoslavism that many people consider to be, you know, a certain, you know, essentially an extension of, 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 of Serbia. Uh, again, we get close to the Second World War, and you have always this precarious tension between between uh, Croatia and Serbia, although Croatia formally did not exist. This was a unitary state, and you do have a few attempts, especially in 19, uh, 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 1939, there is an attempt to get some, what we call now a power sharing between between Serbia and Croatia. Uh, but again, because of the international context, because of, 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 of the onset of the, of the Second World War, 
the whole thing collapses when uh, when uh, 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 is invaded. So I'm not going to the details how how this happened, but it's 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 quite interested, interesting. It's basically the Yugoslav government makes a, makes an agreement with with the Nazi Germany. That agreement collapses under the weight of of, of the popular pressure, but also uh, many sectors of politics, and the government rejects the agreement that had already signed, and six days later it is invaded by, by, by Nazi Germany. And, uh, at the, and in Croatia, uh, a, new, a new state called the, the, the Independent State of Croatia is formed, that is a fascist state. And this fascist state incorporates also the whole of Bosnia, and part of the historical Croatia that is you know, the coast of Dalmatia actually is given to Italy. So you have all, you know, a beginning of a, of a partition of the territory. And you have in, in, in Yugoslavia, you have resistance movements that, that, that are formed. So initially you had the Yugoslav army that is, uh, is disbanded, but is kind of regrouping as as uh, local units, so this, are, this is uh, the, uh, the whole idea of Chetnik movement that comes. And these were, you know, initially like royalists lo loyal to the Yugoslav regime, but very quickly it becomes again, you know, ex extremes and here greater Serbian uh, 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 movement, in which the idea is to take the, take the opportunity of the, of the Second World War, of the wider context, to make as many advances, to make to, to, to prepare the ground for what would be a homogeneous Serbia, or you know, basically this is ethnic cleansing on a large scale under under like the opportunity of, of, of the Second World War. On the other hand, you have another, uh, uh, you have also a lot of uh, spontaneous, uh, you know, rebellions, uprisings at local level, and uh, and then you have. A larger uprising that is led by by the communist party and that gives this is the birth of the partisan movement so what was the partisan movement the partisan movement was uh, uh, of course it's on the one hand you know it springs from the communist party it has all the you know you know the ideology but also the organization that there was a structure on the ground that was able to provide it, but there was also a lot of people, how people joined the partisans, not necessarily because they were communists, but, you know, uh, many joined ideologically driven, but most people that joined, joined out of necessity, you know, out of the necessity to resist, to resist, to resist genocide, essentially. So, so what is interesting about the partisan movement, I mean, many things are interesting and I could spend just the next two hours only speaking about that, but the point is that it was, it provided an important alternative to this great Serbian vision, which is the vision of, of, of uh, a vision in which, in which ethnic differences do not have to be antagonistic, but they can, they can exist in, in, in a wider in a wider organization and eventually perhaps wither away but not in the sense that uh, people will lose their, their sense of 
of nationality, but in the sense that something new is being constructed that would unite them. So it's important to say that overwhelming majority of partisans, partisan fighters were actually ethnic Serbs. And for the reason that, first of all, Serbs were the majority of, of the population of Yugoslavia, Serbs were also ex targeted in a very violent way, especially by the by the, the, the independent state of Croatia. So then, you know, they also had their own ethnic cleansing project and their own genocidal project. So, but at the same time, it was never exclusively Serb, and it was never motivated. You know, at least from the top, it was never motivation by, by nationalists, but actually by the transcendence of these differences. So obviously, you know, this, all these years of, 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 of war, and as I'm sure you know, that case of Yugoslavia is a case that the territory is actually liberated for the most part by the partisan movement, rather than liberated. Okay, part of it was liberated by Soviet army in the end, like eastern part, but the bulk of it was liberated by the partisans themselves. So, while the war is still ongoing, and once there is a clear notion that you know it, the war will go our, our way, already obviously that, that uh, the Communist Party is already organizing the aftermath. And and from 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 this experience of of the war, and of course also you know the issue national question was always debated within within the Communist Party, you come to, 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 to the decision that you, there will be a new Yugoslavia, but it will be organized by, by republics, that there will be organized on the recognition of, 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 uh, of the different nationalities living in the air, and the creation of, of, of a, particular, uh, a particular system in which in which these differences will be accommodated uh, uh, um, and not necessarily transcended, but you know uh, uh, that there will be a balance between the different the different nationalities in such a way that will promote equality among the peoples. Okay, this is sounds sounds quite quite good, but in fact, first twenty years they were uh, uh, the state apparatus was very much dominated by by Serbian ethnic Serbs because they were already the majority of the partisans, so they were in a good place to 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 to, to get to get uh, you know to carry on with what what they started in the war, but from the 60s onwards there is a shift towards decentralization. There is a shift in the understanding of of of. Uh, of uh, actually, you know, what the national question is, that the national question is not something that was solved, and it was not something that was even meant to be solved, but rather that there should be a system that allows for this equality through decentralization and, uh, and uh, based on the idea of self-management. <coughs> so you have this, this is when you start having, you know, like, a devolution of power to the republics, and and uh, this worked quite well while there was a clear economic development, and and until the 70s, this was very clear. Life was improving, you know, the experience of everyday life, despite everything, you know, was a, a, a very positive experience. You know, life was getting better and better. 
but but since the 70s, you start already having, again, it's the same as happened in, in, in Western Europe with the end of the glorious 30s, you start having a number, a number of, of, of problems that slowly are biting, especially because the 70s were like very prolific time in terms of internal debates within the, the communist structures and pushes for for you know for liberalization i mean within the system not liberalization in the sense that we use but the conservatives within the party in the different republics actually man managed to get the upper hand and somehow this already you know close down avenues for possible development of the system that would in, in later on facilitate the rise of, of nationalist tensions. So while, while Tito, president of Yugoslavia, was alive, all these normal tensions that you always have in a federal system or in any, any kind of, 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 um, of regime, they were, he was the ultimate arbiter of the, all these differences, and so it, he was at the factor of stability. I mean, one person, but it, it actually was like that. Once, once, once he dies, uh, the system enters in a crisis. Not immediately, but you know, progressively into a crisis. And uh, in first of all, because the economy is not going well, and you start having inflation, you start having unemployment, you start having, you know, when you speak about inflation, like there's lack of products in the shops. Maybe there won't be toilet paper, and then there won't be coffee, and then there won't be, you know, light bulbs. And this is already affecting, you know, and, and, and there is the whole idea of partisan struggle, all this, this becomes even, you know, it somehow starts losing a bit of its legitimacy. And at the same time, you start, you have uh, 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 violence in Kosovo. So in 1981, you have a big wave of protests in Kosovo that turn violent and are also extremely violently repressed. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people were imprisoned. And this, you know, brings about the, the, the idea that the system, the federal system, isn't working, that, that you know, all kinds of also racist prejudice against the Albanians that was prevalent in Yugoslavia. Uh, it, this is where spe specifically Serb nationalism starts appearing, you know, as defense of the Serbs that are being persecuted by Albanian majority in Kosovo. So this is this is where you know, like nationalism starts starts appearing as as articulated rather than as some kind of sentiment that was could exist but was managed by the system. Here we have, you know, part of the intelligentsia advocating for for these people who are being persecuted and some of them were having actually a, a hard time, but this is, you know, very is very inflated in such a way that already the word genocide is being used. That the Serbs in Kosovo are being targeted by genocide. And these were like the Serbian Orthodox Church Serbian writers, intellectuals, they are the first using this kind of language. So somehow, amidst all these crises and, and, and the looming uncertainty, especially 
the second part of the 80s with all the changes that are taking place in the Soviet Union and the rest of Eastern, Eastern Europe and at the same time in Western Europe with you know, the idea of European integration taking more and more momentum. Uh, basically because, because you had already been repressed so harshly that the liberalizing tendencies within the system, once you have, you have a crisis, the, 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 the space that opens up cannot be filled by those who had already been eliminated in the previous wave, but is going to be filled by, by nationalism. So what is all this dynamic is taking place, specifically, Serbia is really the key, the, the, the center of, of this dynamic, and somehow you have like, it's almost like there's this, a role awaiting for a leader, and that leader is going to be Slobodan Milosevic, who understands, he understands the mentality of the people, he understands, he sees in this an opportunity, obviously he's not alone, he has other people around him, and he somehow creates an understanding with other forces that this is the way to go. You know, like, he never, so he, he emerges within the Communist Party of Serbia, he eventually becomes the president, by using this idea that Serbs are being, are being, you know, that the system isn't working for them as Serbs, not as like citizens. But, and, and so he articulates these, all these resentments that were, you know, brewing and growing throughout the 80s. He manages to articulate them while still keeping the language of Yugoslavism, of socialism, of, of actually even even anti-nationalism, but obviously always others are the nationalists rather than himself. And very soon, once he's in power, he manages to immediately move to control practically all the media. And very clearly, he's supported by, you know, by the intelligence services, etc., because they managed to, 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 to mobilize, you know, big rallies throughout, throughout uh, much of Yugoslavia in such a way that by the end of uh, 1989, Milosevic controlled not only the Republic of Serbia, but also the Republic of Montenegro and the autonomous regions of Kosovo and Vojvodina. And when I say there were these, I mean, huge protests, this was called the anti-bureaucratic revolution. So it's not like, oh, he was manipulating people. Yes, there was that as well, putting people in buses, etc. But there was also a wider sense of resentment that he was able to channel and to, and to exploit, and also a crisis of legitimacy of the communist system itself that he managed to, to exploit. So we get to this point, suddenly we are at the end of 1989, we have all the changes that are going on in Eastern Europe, and this is that's good. That's good. Okay. So this is the moment where the where the the, um, the system starts to collapsing, and the way the way it collapses is that uh, again it starts with different perspectives over Kosovo by the different republics, and you have already you know. Autonomists, uh, basically Croatia and, and Slovenia, always wanted to have, you know, push towards 
more powers for the, federa for the federal units against centralization. So this was a con constant. And in this particular moment, this is, this is the moment. And, you know, bearing in mind that the, 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 the balance of power within the League of Communists is such, Slovenia abandoned the, the League of Communists. And this meant that, you know, at state, at state level, there was no longer a communist party. There's only at republic level. And it becomes very fast, you know, the republics start calling uh, 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 local um, I mean, elections at republican level, multi-party elections. And, and obviously, Yugoslavia starts disintegrating in this way, first of all. Uh, but at the same, at the same time, at the same time, you have, uh, again, the idea that, you know, a moment of deep change is a moment of opportunity. So this is the opportunity. What is going to be next? It's already very, not very clear in the sense that I'm putting it retrospectively, but like, obviously nothing will stay the same. So it's a question of what Yugoslavia will become. And you have the strong leader Milosevic that already dominates a part of it, and this, uh, and that claims to be, you know, continuation of the, the Yugoslav tradition, the partisan tradition. Uh, but at the same time, he is the one that is, you know, stirring nationalist tensions in the other republics. I mean, this is documented that you know, actually, uh, agents were sent to Croatia, to Bosnia, to stir to create problems, to, to stir tensions. And you have at the same time, let's say, anti-communist nationalists also rising, taking the opportunity that these multi-party elections also organizing themselves. And, and you have, so, so at this particular moment, the international community is faced with, with a country that is effectively disintegrating and how to manage, how to manage this change. And this was seen in Eastern Europe as a great opportunity at the moment where the European Union was being formed, that, you know, that integration was moving from the economic to the political level. So this was, you know, kind of almost like golden opportunity for Europe to assert itself. You know, Cold War was coming to an end. It, European states could assert themselves also towards, you know, in relation to the United States. And again, like, in early before the First World War, again this region becomes the the, 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 the the playground where all these things are going to, let's say, the new order after the Cold War is being defined there. So this is this is the, the international, you know, the outsiders, the outsiders version. What happened, unfortunately, is that the kind of mindset that political decision makers, Europeans specifically, uh, have at this particular moment is itself shaped by nationalism and I would say imperialist ideas. So you have you have a convergence between especially France and the UK that was extremely nefarious to 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 to, to Yugoslavia, which is this fear kind of almost like metaphysical fear of the rise of a new Germany that is reuniting and also the opportunity for them, you know, as great powers that they still think they are, to assert themselves on the ground. And, and this results in, of course, you know, in, in, in a great sympathy for Serbia as kind of 
leading again, again, a new Piemont, but they didn't use this, this expression, you know. There was, so let's say for the established powers in Europe, there was a great sympathy for the strongest. And the strongest was the Milosevic regime because he inherited practically all the structures of the socialist, of the socialist regime. Uh, so you have, you have a situation in which Yugoslavia is effectively disintegrating, and this is actually uh, a legal commission, international commission, is asked to give legal, legal opinion to what, to what next, and this is called the Bad Intercommission. The Bad Intercommission considers that, legally speaking, Yugoslavia is in the process of dissolution, so there is nothing left we can do to save that state, and it's all a matter, you know, in international law, if the federal state is, is dis dissolving, then the federal units, the borders of the federal unit be can become the international border. So it is a matter of what to do. So you have Croatia and Slovenia already had, uh, had their, their independence declarations, <coughs> but you have, at the same time, Macedonia and Bosnia and Herzegovina that were very reluctant to abandon the idea of Yugoslavia. And the commission, the international commission, gives them, gives them, they have to define through a referendum what to do. In the case of Bosnia, uh, uh, the, 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 let's say, the Muslim elites, of course, Bosnia being a divided country, you had also, you know, Serbs and Croats and uh, Muslims, nationalists, to treat three different nationalist parties, they were in some kind of very odd coalition, you know, together in government but playing different games. But they come to the conclusion, the Bosnian, nation, uh, uh, the Bosnian leadership comes to the conclusion that there is no future with Serbia, that it will be only dominated, and, and, and they, 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 they prefer to go for independence, and you have a referendum that is boycotted by Serbia. And... And this is, you know, there's, again, the war, as it happened, first, in, first in, in, even in Slovenia, and then Croatia, and then Bosnia, was not something that was inevitable, but it was a case of, like, all the opportunities to stop it were missed, and on the contrary, all the interventions that were made only made the matters worse. So meaning, for instance, uh, 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 the plans, the, the peace plans that were being proposed for the region even before you already had a war in Croatia, but even before the war in Bosnia started, there were peace, there were plans that were already based on the idea of dividing the territory, of, you know, without actually explaining how you would transfer populations, how you would create cantons that would be. So the idea of ethnic homogenization that is still something that is not, n not easy to articulate by the nationalists themselves on the ground, because it's not a popular idea, becomes clearly articulated actually by outside powers who say, you know, this is powder cake, you know, ancient hydrates. They project their prejudices into, into, into uh, Yugoslavia with, obviously, if you're negotiating and someone already tells you that your maximum goal is accepted, you are going to seek your maximum goal. So you have you have the the, 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 the war first in Croatia and then and then in Bosnia that is 
very clearly a war of, okay, this is loaded language when people say Serbian aggression. It's very loaded language. We have always to be very careful. But if the fact is that uh, uh, the war was started by, by, by uh, especially in Croatia, uprisings by Serb, you know, within areas of Serb minority that were staged from the outside, from Belgrade, then created its own dynamics, you know, of confrontation, and then you have the, the Yugoslav army that is supposed to be federal army, but has already become dominated by Serbs, come and like is doing, as if they are interposing, you know, like factions uh, that, are, that are struggling. So you have this dynamic that of appropriation of what was Yugoslavia appropriation of what were symbols of of uh, a, a, a wider identity that transcended the nation is appropriated and put at the serb at the surface of a what was effectively a greater Serb uh, project to ha to have a Yugoslavia that was as big as they could have it, but without without uh, Croatia and Slovenia in it which would allow for this total domination. Uh, and very soon you will have, you know, reports of, of, uh, of terrible acts of, of ethnic cleansing and genocide that are coming immediately at the beginning of the war. So, like, we know about the, the camps in, in, in the area of Kyrgyzstan, <coughs> in northwest Bosnia, you know, in, in, in July, August. So... We, all of these things become, you know, like the extreme violence that was applied at the beginning is known from, from very early on, is widely documented, but somehow you will have three and a half years of war and this idea from in diplomatic circles that, you know, one day they will get tired of fighting. I'm putting it very simple terms, but I'm just trying to capture much of the mindset. In the meantime, uh, again, you had an arms embargo in place against Yugoslavia, that was that was set up, in the, of course, in the in the in the Security Council. But it was very much it was actually proposed by 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 Serbia, by the Republic of Serbia. It was accepted and very much sponsored by by the UK government, by the French government, under the idea that if they, the factions don't arm themselves, there will be no war. But of course. Serbia had dominated the, 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 all the infrastructure and of, of what was Yugoslav army and you know arms factories, etc. They, they didn't need more weapons. So, so you have this, you know, once this idea of ethnic homogeneity is, is already accepted internationally, it's just a matter of creating the facts on the ground. And this is what we witness in Bosnia in the most brutal way. And in the end, in the end, it's it's it confronted European citizens in particular because this was happening in Europe at the very, the very moment that we were supposed to be celebrating, you know, you know, the ideal of abolishing borders, you know, possibly a political union. You have exact opposite process going happening at our doors and. And the reactions are quite interesting. Again, as I said, in case of France and the UK, it's very clear this continuation of this, this illusion that 
that they that they remain a major a major a major power in the world scene, and they they they, they really and this is not like in vague terms, but like in actual terms on the ground, you know they 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 really did see this as their playground for which they would assert let's say the European military identity or that was that was being constructed. So you have all these uh, fights for the new international system to be defined and it is being defined in the Bosnian war. Same with the issue of what to do with NATO, the same with the issue of what to do, you know, even to the United Nations, all these all these organizations are, 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 are fighting through through the Bosnian war. So in the end of the war, although you know there is great reluctance to intervene to give anything more than humanitarian help in the beginning, so like you know, in a position of neutrality that actually favors the strongest. In the end, you have you know you do have the decision that especially by the United States that Okay, to actually take sides and support support uh, 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 Croatians and and, uh, and the Bosnian government against Serbia, but only to a point, only to the point that they could divide the country in a way that was the way that international diplomacy had already proposed. So let's say that the you know the war led to the. The war that was supposed to be a war that would end fast because of the disproportion of, 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 of strength, but because it was a war that for at least one part of the population was a war of, you know, of resistance, a war of extermination, in, 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 to use very strong language, but I'm totally behind my, my use of this language. So, you know, when you have to resist, you resist. So the war goes on, but in the end, the result is the same that had already been imposed from the beginning. And then here we enter to the age of intervention that has now disappeared. And so again, you, former Yugoslavia becomes the playground for, okay, now it's the issue of international intervention, state building, nation building, and you know, uh, overcoming even national differences, but through, let's say, that, you know, white man's burden projected into into Yugoslavia, and you have like some 10 to 15 years of a lot of money coming into these countries that is always, you know, pay the salaries of the people, of the foreigners who go there, essentially. This is just... And again, now what we have is interesting. After, obviously, after 15 years of that kind of policy, not, not going to beyond certain points, Instead of a recognition that the system that is imposed, the system of, 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 of partition, of or ethnic homogeneity that was imposed from the outside and, of course, established then on the ground, instead of the, the acceptance that this system doesn't work, what we have is, okay, uh, a disengagement. And what we are seeing now is, again, you know, uh, that the, once that disengagement happens, the same nationalist forces that were there in the 90s, they completely dominate now. I mean, the case of Serbia, we speak a lot about Orban because he's a bit more of a bully, but Serbia is, is, is they, it doesn't, 
the Serbian regime now doesn't need to be a, act as bullishly as Orban because they already dominate completely, and maybe Orban, you know. So, so you have now the complete dominance of nationalists in Serbia, very, very strong dominance of nationalists in Croatia as well, especially after entering the European Union. Mm-hmm. So, interestingly, the European Union, you know, the prospect of integration led to moderation, and as soon as you became a member, you abandoned that moderation. And, and of course, you had, you know, a serious crisis within the European Union itself with nationalism that, that there was this idea that it would wither away because the success of the integration process. So that's like these acts of, of, of faith that in the end do not, do not correspond to the reality on the ground. Uh, and then you just move back and accept Accept that that uh, you know the very same prejudices that you actually had at the beginning about what what a nation is and and how to cope with difference. Okay, so this is this was like a broad picture, and now I am open for questions. I tried. I understand that I. Uh, it sounds quite vague because this is quite a complex. You know. If you have to lock yourself in at home for two months, mm-hmm. and then you will start having an idea. Uh, but I tried to just give you a picture that will allow you allow us now, you know, to have some kind of discussion. So any questions? Okay, this is very, very wide. I'll try to 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 cover everything. So yeah, definitely this idea of bad things that come for something that appears good. Definitely, I I, I totally agree with you, and that that very much explains, it's kind of sums up the, the the dynamics within Yugoslavia. Definitely, and you know there were moments in which there were actually shifts, like oh actually this is not good, and and shifts. But there was always like settlement, settling for the, okay, this is good enough. Rather than, and in a way that approach allowed for, yes, let's say for, for, for nationalist grievance to be, to be seen or, or, you know, you can articulate them and you can claim they're legitimate. You could articulate them. You could not necessarily claim that you were legitimate, but there was a moment in which in which you start actually to be allowed to claim them as legitimate. And this is the whole idea of, of uh, you know, again, in the 70s, you had a, a moment of push for liberalization within the system that was repressed in different ways in different republics. And, and after, after that, you had, you know, repression, let's say, of intellectuals, etc. So this created a movement in terms of defense of civil rights, as individual <coughs> rights of people who dissented. And precisely, you know, the idea of bad things coming from something that appears as good, this, this, this struggle for defense of civil rights of individuals eventually becomes, moves into defense of collective rights. So that's the moment where this uh, grievance 
the you know nationalist uh, 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 grievance become appear as claiming to be legitimate. You know that they say that they were legitimized in this case not by the regime, but by certain part of intelligentsia that allows themselves to move from focus on the individual to the collective. So so again. Uh, uh, um, the, the issue of, of expulsions, etc. Yes, definitely. I mean, basically, after the Second World War, you know, let's say the, the national question in Europe was largely settled either by the Nazis or by these transfers of population after after the Second World War. Horrible as this sounds, this is a harsh reality. And in a way, Yugoslavia, they also expelled. You know, they expelled. The, the Germans that lived there, they actually, many of the Germans actually, the, the Nazis had already removed, but uh, you know, you had expulsion of Germans, you had not exactly expulsion of the Italians, but push for them to leave the country, so you have this kind of original sin of the Yugoslav regime, but but definitely uh, you had also this, this uh, 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 accommodation of, of diversity but again, it's in such in such a way that once voices pushing for 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 more pluralism or for openness in terms of political discussion are being repressed, the voices you know let's say the people who are being defended become the nationalists and they become as victims as as as, as dissidents, you know, definitely they. They can they can claim could claim themselves as dissidents because they actually were because of the lack of of of, of, of democracy in the system. So your questions about the UK and France, I mean I don't think it's so much like a hostility of what socialist Yugoslavia, as we want to use this expression that they use themselves, was, but more like a, 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 a the opportunity that they wanted. You know they actually established a. a, a a UN mission on the ground that was largely manned by France and, 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 uh, and the UK. It was really like an experiment that was meaning to bring about some European identity of defense. You know, and they were playing with this, but at the same time we have to think about, you know, like the attraction that the powerful has, you know, like the, the, the whole image of Serbia as powerful, and also the fact that Milosevic regime is claiming to be a to, to give a continuation and a, 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 the international system being a conservative system to, by nature that is hostile to self-determination, etc. And this brings me a bit to the question about Germany. So, I, I mean, I, I, it's an important question because it's many of these issues that in which this, this far left was so poisonous one of the problems is that it really crept in much beyond their influence. You know, like the idea of Germany having been responsible for the whole catastrophe, yeah, yeah. you know, blaming Germany, it crept in even into the mainstream, you yeah, know, like, yeah. and there's this, you know, the, yeah, the prejudice against Germany, the, you know, the comfort that we feel in seeing Germany as still being some kind of Nazis in the yeah. closet, definitely. But in fact, actually, I mean, Germany uh, 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 did not move immediately into this, this recognition. You know, it tried to work with, with European partners, but it was the European partners pulling the carpet that pushed Germany eventually 
to, to the recognition. So it's not like, the story is not like Germany acting unilaterally, but actually Germany trying to act in, in concert. And, you know, other European countries pulling, pulling the carpet and not keeping their commitments to such a point that Germany felt that they, they had an obligation. So, so it did happen. I don't, you know, by the time that happened, you had a war in Croatia already happening. You know, it was, it was, uh, uh, um, you know, the dynamics was already on the ground. You know, so it's not like the fact that Germany. I mean, if something it allowed Croatia to 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 start defending itself and to 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 reorganize itself, you know, by becoming a state. Mm. But definitely, <coughs> I think it's it's one of there's 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 a there are books written about that that are quite good that were written quite some years ago when this was still a big issue that I can recommend. But but. The misunderstanding somehow remains. It's one of those myths that have very, very, in, 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 very enduring uh, 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 powers. But the facts do not, you know, the, the, the facts uh, counter the myth, definitely. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, let me just see. Okay, so now I want to, to pick up on your idea of, 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 of EU. Okay, this is, this is really, uh, it's quite complicated. So again, I was always saying you had this age of intervention and once you have, first of all, the 9-11, you know, the talk, and then the war in Afghanistan and, and in Iraq, uh, you have, you know, which is interesting, which was what France and, uh, and UK somehow wanted to have like some kind of disengagement of the United States from Europe so that they could assert themselves. But now what you had was an American disengagement from Europe because they were concentrated elsewhere. And somehow they kind of passed the ball to the Europeans in the sense that, okay, we stabilized the region militarily. Now you do the civilian job. So it's kind of like division of tasks. But the thing is that uh, uh, the European has not has not has again as in ninety two has shown not to be at the measure at at the level that is required, and so what they do is that the, they got especially in the case of Serbia you know you had ten years of different kind of divisions and the European Union supporting. This, this particular party, that particular party, that particular party, and in the end, what emerged was a party that is, you know, extremely nationalist, that is the party that now completely dominates Serbia, but they are quite intelligent, they are led by young people that were already there in the 90s, but they were there, you know, quite young, and these are people who are now maybe 50 years old, and some of them quite even younger than that, you know, 40 years old, 35 years old, and this, this party is extremely nationalist. It's nationalist not in the, not in the Milosevic tradition exactly of Yugoslavia, but all, almost like the, the Chetnik tradition of, of, of the nation. And, but they, they understand, they really know, they, re, they read really well the situation in Europe. So they play the moderate card. 
but they can play the moderate card because they're completely dominated society, you see. So for instance, the case of the gays is very interesting because of course it's quite like, oh my God, they have this prime minister who is, you know, openly gay, she had even a baby. Not only, it's not only that she's openly gay, she doesn't wear makeup, she dresses up, you know, in a very simple way, you know, like, and it's, I'm not saying that she's used as poster girl because she's part of it. It's much more complicated than that. But what happened with the gay, the situation of the gays is gay people continue to suffer terribly in Serbia. They continue to get political asylum in other countries, but no one talks about it because no one will talk about it. They just disappear, you know, and get political asylum here and there, especially kind of community leaders. And they get political asylum because they were beaten up almost to death. All these things that they don't come in the newspapers, but because the, 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 the regime controls the different walks of life, if you go to Belgrade now, it looks like it looks so cosmopolitan. It looks like, but it's, it's what it hides is, is a society that, that in which there is no diversity of opinion. So nationalism dominates the, the power. There is no proper opposition, not the little opposition that exists. Most of it is also nationalist. So there is no, no pluralism of ideas in that society. And somehow, you know, again, the idea of stability proved to be, you know, like the European Union supports stability and at least ostensive, you have to ostensibly accept certain values. Doesn't mean that it's sincere and doesn't mean, you know, like, okay, you have a bit of maybe gay scene in Belgrade, but I very much... I think that, you know, in the other, the rest of Serbia, if you're gay, either you moved out or you really, really need to be in the closet because you don't want to, to, you know, you want to survive. So it's, there's also an interesting PhD thesis exactly about the gay question. If you would be interested, I can, I can, I can, I can give you. But it's more complicated than that. It's not like the European Union doesn't have, again, about a good, about a good intention. Like they, they recognize who is on the ground to work with them and try to, to bring to moderation, but at the same time, obviously, politicians there, they also have their own reading, and especially with the climate now of, of, of resurgence of nationalism, it's almost like they are the vanguard of that, you know, like they can be the example of, 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 of what it is, you know, like to be a respectable nationalist. Mm -hmm. so, so this is... Mm -hmm. Okay, just to go, I know that we practically run out of time. Case of Bosnia, yeah, permanent crisis. It's 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 the way out. I tell you what is the way out. Is you know what Americans call voting with the feet. People are leaving the country in mass. To such a point, I mean Croatia, for instance, even Croatia that is European Union, people are also leaving Croatia. To such a point that now they have to import Chinese workers. Because they are have no workers, you know. So, so this is this this is the way out. This is the population understands that they are stuck in a situation that is stable enough to last for a long time. That there is no prospect of any resolution that is not a violent resolution, and even that I don't I don't expect that to happen. And you have like a progressive plunder, specifically in Bosnia, Serbia is different case, but you have a plunder of all the assets. 
So again, you know, uh, even before the war, the, pl the plunder started even before the war with the first measures of liberalization, you know, and then after the war, that opened up immediately because also of the form of intervention. International intervention immediately uh, uh, required it would be a transition for a capitalist society and a liberal society, liberal in the economic sense. So you had like, you know, whatever was, they had this form of, of property called socially owned, which was not strictly state owned, but it was, let's say, at least in theory owned by the, by the workers, uh, etc. And all of this was privatized, you know, mostly with vouchers, but basically taken over by the people who had the money, and people who had the money were the people who made all the money during war in profiteering. So these are the people, you know, the people who, who, who got themselves rich during the war, dominate the post-war, and because they didn't, they don't have the, the mental capacity, they didn't have the, 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 the will, but also the international community did not have the will to have proper investment, some kind of, I don't want to say the cliche, but like some kind of Marshall plan. Instead, all the big money that was invested in Croatia and in, in Bosnia and in Kosovo, the sad reality was essentially to pay the salaries of these people. And I know how much, I mean, European Union, I don't know about now, but five years ago when I was lived there, just, just in risk subsidy, you were getting 5,000 euros a month in risk subsidy. And you were living in Sarajevo, going hiking in the mountains, going, having the lot, plus your salary. You see, so, so the big money that was invested was invested to pay the salaries of, of, of these people. And I know people who actually went there and they wanted, you know, international workers, they wanted to make a positive change, and they, especially in Bosnia, after one year or two, they resigned and they went back because they saw that there is no international will or domestic will to change anything. So the dynamic is a dynamic of plunder. So first you plunder like the factories, etc., the assets that survived, you dismantle them, etc. Then because all of that now is gone, you could plunder also the opportunities for reconstruction because there's been a lot of destruction and now the plunder is really the natural resources. And I mean if there are environmentalists in this room Please just remember that, you know, there is no clean energy because what is happening now in Bosnia is the plunder of the rivers to the production of electricity. But to such an extent and, and done in such a way that, you know, that there is nothing else to steal anymore. So now you're stealing, you're, you're stealing the, natu the natural resources that have not, you know. So this is the dynamic that is a dynamic of extraction, very violent and gives no space that at the moment we are speaking, people who have good jobs, who live well in Bosnia, not people who have economic necessity, they are the first to leave the country. And the same, the same in Serbia, the same in Croatia, because they don't want their children to grow up in a society like that. So this is, you know, the permanent state of crisis is, is, is you know, all these states are dwindling, they are hemorrhaging population because people don't want to be part of that society. You know, it's, it's a disengagement that is more than out of necessity. It's like an act of, you know, it's a political act. So connecting you 
yeah, the idea of Yugoslavia, you see, when I say that the population is leaving, you know, anyone who can leave is leaving. And the only people who are not leaving are the ones that are not qualified enough to, be, to, to get a visa to Germany or to wherever, you know. So this is, this is the situation. I mean, what can we speak about the nation when we know that, that no one wants to live there, you know? But what kind of nation is that? But so, so, so this is a very grim, very grim picture that, I, that I'm giving. And uh, I don't know if you have yeah, any more questions. But just before I go to your to your question, so I know it's very grim, but it's almost like a, 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 the crisis of identity that we are facing now in Europe ha is is like more more visible there because the situations are more extreme. You know, it's poor, and here we are complaining. But come on, this is this is a very rich country, you know. But there, because it's poor. You are forced to, to, to move on with your life in, in, in a different way. And the fact is that if tomorrow there is a big, you know, whatever, a conflict, a confrontation, they will have very big difficulty in recruiting anyone other than just, you know, a few thousand, you know, mercenaries. Because no one wants to fight the war, no, no one believes in anything. You know, even in their own defense, you know, like so, so, so this is this is how bad it is. It's not there is a nostalgia of Yugoslavia, but a nost even that nostalgia is negative. There is very little that is positive that I could speak about these societies now. Okay, so yeah, for your for just to conclude and, and to your question, yeah, who was in power before nationalists? I mean, basically, you had the, 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 the you know, you had the system set in place by, 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 by the Titoist regime, by the, the, the Yugoslav communists. Uh, and that was, you know, a, a, fe uh, a, federal, a federal state with different uh, 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 nations, etc. But who was in power? I mean, the Communist Party was in power. So, and essentially, the biggest nationalists in terms of being responsible for what came, emerged from that system. So Milosevic emerged from that system and continued. And the Yugoslav army was one of the pillars of, of the second Yugoslavia. And it was the Yugoslav army that waged the war, although it changed its name in the meantime. So, so this is, you know, this is something that uh, there's a big phenomenon, sociological phenomenon of Yugoslavia. Yugo nostalgia, as there is also for Eastern Europe, etc. But the nostalgics have a big, have a very hard time in, 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 in dealing with this, this issue that, you know, the nationalists that killed the most emerged from that system. Not because they were worse than the others, but because they had all the weapons. Although we could discuss who was worse, let's not enter there. So why the system failed? I mean, there are theories, I don't want to say because there were lack of alternatives, but the fact that, you know, again, as, as Martin was saying, you know, not being fully, not being properly a democratic regime, it did not allow for a pluralism that would, in which the nationalist voices would be, okay, one part, but there would be 
other ways of, 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 of envisioning the future. So those, those ways, in, in the end, it became some kind of naive belief in liberalization as it was happening in Western Europe and the nationalist alternative, you know, because, because let's put it like more sophisticated alternatives were somehow repressed in such a way that they did not create enough critical mass to appear to, to you know to make to make a point and then it's important just to conclude to say that all these people when they you know nationalist parties and of course the case of Bosnia is the one that I'm more intimately acquainted but the others as well no one went to the elections claiming they were going to wage a war on the contrary you know on the contrary they were going to the elections saying now we will you know we will we understand each other because we think alike we think in national terms we will you know let's just get rid of the communists but you know it will be beautiful and, and happy after so that you know that's under the assumption that there will be a, you know an understanding between the dif the representatives of the different nations that would so the war the prospect of a war only becomes a, a, a realistic process af after the election. So no one, no one got into power by, by, by war mongering, you know. So I guess that's, yeah, it's our time. Yes. Thank you for a We run Ideas for Freedom every year. For more talks and discussions, come and join our now legendary annual socialist summer getaway above Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire on the 8th to the 11th of August. This will be a long weekend of music, campfires, food, drink and socialist discussions, workshops, tree climbing and messing about in the great outdoors. Open to all. More information and tickets from £20, including food, at workersliberty.org forward slash camp.